This is Paul Nobles from Eat and Form, and I'm here with Dr. Susan Kleiner. And so we have an interesting podcast that, that I think in the, in the times, if you're listening to this two years from now, you're going to be like, man, remember back then? But we're heavily in the coronavirus, COVID-19 um, kind of scary situation, right? And uh, Susan actually happens to be in COVID-19 Central um, up in Seattle. And so she'll be able to give us some perspective on that. But Susan, um, why don't you say hi to the folks and then tell everybody where they can find you online. Well, hello, everybody. You can still find me at drskleiner.com uh, or on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Power Eat, on Facebook at Dr. Susan Kleiner. So she didn't mention it, but if you haven't purchased her book and you're looking for a book to read right now, New Power Eating would be a great book. And we're probably going to be talking about a lot of the things that are in that book um, in the podcast here. I'm Paul Nobles, as you well know. Um, and uh, you can find me at uh, www.eatperform.com. Uh, we help people with their diet. Um, I think it's really interesting because a lot of what we're going to be talking about, when you look at the core of what I do and to a certain extent what Susan does as well, we really help people walk through basic fundamentals that they can put in place that really help them in moments like this, right? And so when you're looking at ultimately fat loss or whatever your end goals are, it's moments like this that really allow you to kind of reassess things and kind of move forward. So we're still coaching people. Obviously, uh, we're an online business, so our coaches have more time um, and we're actually excited to be able to walk people through it and and we've done many articles and things of this nature where we're trying to get like the right type of information so you can expect that from you know the eat form page on facebook okay so let's start with the basics and walk us through what's going on in seattle right now because you mentioned that um your husband's a dentist right mm -hmm and that his practice is, is still open and there, there, there's probably some give and take. So walk us through what that looks like. Well, you know, I'd say um, at this point, and we are at uh, March 14th that we're filming this, um, Seattle is um, not fully in lockdown, but we are close, uh, closer than we've been. Um, the, the governor is, is leading, our mayor is leading in, in just being as proactive as they can be. So all schools are closed, all gatherings above 250 people are prohibited. Um, you know, we're now in a national state of emergency. Our state has been in a state of emergency, I believe, for a couple of weeks already. And so um, because we have so much tech industry here and so many people can work from home, 
I would say easily 100,000 cars, probably easy, are off the roads during the day, which because we have such horrible traffic, that's the upside, <laughs> is that is it's easy to get around. But very early on, it's two weeks already, that Microsoft and Google and Amazon and any of the supporting tech companies have been work from home. And so that social distancing in the workplace um, started very early on. <clears throat> um, and, and we have really good scientists to listen to from the University of Washington, from the Gates Foundation, uh, people who are, are really, you know, have real clarity and giving and, and have had the same message from the beginning. Um, and so making sure your hands are clean, constantly washing or sanitizing, not touching your face. So one of the things that's interesting about what you're saying is that these huge tech co companies and these companies, um, like for instance, Starbucks, which is in Seattle, uh, Microsoft, um, the, uh, they already know about this from China, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I was watching this thing on CNN and it was talking about the, um, the, companies that are reopening and it was all those companies right and so they knew how to deal with it from the beginning and i think that that's actually interesting because you know it it almost feels like here in the u.s that we got up to speed two weeks ago but the reality is is many of the businesses that you know operate in other countries they they they're well versed on how to deal right. with it so I, I just wanted to bring that up. Right. So um, what are people doing? They really are. Uh, I can say that um, grocery stores, are people are going when they need to. So parking lots are, are half empty. Um, the, uh, any, any of the general going out, um, it's, small businesses are being hit extraordinarily hard. Tom Douglas, who is a world-renowned chef here, um, has a dozen restaurants here in Seattle. He closed them all permanently. They, he couldn't keep them open any longer. Um, our, our local bookstores, our lo all these small businesses. I was at the cleaners yesterday, and it hadn't dawned on me that people who aren't working or traveling don't need clothes aren't wearing clothes that need to go to the cleaners. And so um, his business is down over 50%. I mean, it was just empty. The racks were empty. Uh, it's, it's stunning. And it, that's the, the, to me, the real scary part um, is, is what is the, the hit that our economy will take at the human level, every single person all of the hourly workers who are losing their jobs already. So as you mentioned, my husband is a dentist and um, it's very interesting, my perspective. I spend time at the front desk occasionally um, when he needs someone to fill in there. And so there's kind of two kinds of people right now. There's the people who are so fearful. Typically, our, our audience is a little older and so our, our customer base. And so 
They're very fearful about going out. Many of them haven't been out of the house in two weeks. They're not frail or infirm. They're just scared to go out. Um, and they're canceling everything that is non-essential. Um, others come into the office kind of poo-pooing or making fun of the fact that we have a hand sanitizer station outside the door before you open the door. Um, we are interviewing every single patient and every person that walks in the door about any symptoms that they have. You know, have you traveled to China is no longer relevant. It's here in the U.S. Travel is irrelevant. It's are you sick and it, do you have symptoms or anyone that you've been around, do they have symptoms? We're taking temperatures. So we have a scanner that, you know, in two inches or three inches from your forehead can scan your, your temperature. We are doing that with every single person who walks in the door. And of course, in a dental office, which has operating rooms, <laughs> um, the infection control is always a, a very, very high. So I feel like I'm in the safest place all day long sitting in the dental office. Um, but uh, the things that we are doing here that are universal, everyone has wipes with them. You go into the grocery store, you make sure you clean off or cover the basket uh, or the, the cart. I carry my own bag and fill up my own bag. I'm not even using a cart and I will bag my own items myself. So the only person that touches them, um, at least in the immediate sense, is the cashier, and they're wearing gloves. Um, and I can tell you they're changing their gloves pretty frequently. Um, if you're gonna get exposed to this, you're gonna get exposed. I mean, once, once it's out there the, like it is, the likelihood with the data saying that between 70 and 150 million people will, will come down with coronavirus in our country. Um, that's just, you know, under a quarter to a half of the population. And so, so our odds are, you know, you are going to get it or someone close to you will and you'll get infected over time. Um, our odds of survival are very good um, until you get older or you've got underlying conditions. And here, the, the big fight and across the country now is to expand medical care. Yeah, so uh, early on, you, you mentioned to me, because for people that don't know, we do these like every two weeks. And early on, um, it, it really seemed like, like everything got accelerated on Wednesday, right? Um, it, it, in fact, you know, speaking of small businesses, Eat to Perform is a small business. You know, Eat to Perform is a small business with roughly 60 people that work for us. Um, and everything was operating sales-wise as normal. Normally, for people that don't know, we actually struggle to deal with capacity, right? Because it's a very one-on-one -on -one type coaching. And so we have processes that are people involved. And so we can't take, you know, 50 people a day, right? So we have to keep that really slow. Well, as of Wednesday, we're open for business, right? Um, we, we're not really struggling with capacity. And, and my feeling is that we'll be fine because we're an online business. We've gone to, um, 
really emphasizing our, our at-home workouts because we know that a lot of people right. are avoiding the gym and, and things of this nature. I'm avoiding the gym, to be honest with you, um, because I, well, for one, I, if, if you could turn around, I have a squat rack. You know, I have a deadlift platform in my basement. Um, so, you know, I have some advantages that other people don't have, but I've not used any of those up to this point. Um, the things that I've used are things that people can easily get from Amazon, right? Like the other day, um, you know, I was doing uh, pull-ups and then uh, push-ups, right? Mm -hmm. So a pull-up bar you can get for $19.95, right? So there's a lot of things, resistance bands, things of this nature. But early on, you started talking to me about immunity system or your immune system, which was an angle that I really hadn't considered up to that point. And so I've actually put out a lot of uh, content related to immune system health, right? So let's walk people through what they can do in, in that regard, right? Because yeah. I, I think there's a lot of simple things. And one thing that, that, that I reminded people of that I know has been a, comp, uh, a constant thing related to you and I and the way that we talk that sometimes goes unnoticed because it's just amongst a bunch of things. But when you look at these diets that are taking out whole grains and taking out orange juice and taking out all of these calories, right? They put it out there that these things are evil so that you're then fixed on their message and what we're about to tell you i'm pretty sure i know where susan's gonna go with this is that those whole grains and that orange juice actually is going to be helpful for immune system but also those calories are helpful right like if you're on a really super extreme diet right now might not be the time and so we'll talk about that a little bit, but Susan, why don't you walk through kind of the basics of, of just what you would consider to be a foundation for immune system health? So, so Paul, yeah, I mean, in so much of what I do, um, so what I'm doing now, of course, talking with clients and doing a lot of um, consulting with gyms, et cetera, on how to take this as an opportunity, right? I mean, yes, it's a time when we're 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 pulling our 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 tentacles in, um, but it can also be. I always see the world as a, a a glass half full rather than a glass half empty. And so, to take this opportunity to look at what are the things that I, that help strengthen me, and 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 those are the most important things you can do certainly the things that we're being told washing our hands don't touch your face social distancing critically important next or equally as important is your own body armor and so um what are the things that can strengthen your own immune function and so uh just in the in the big picture our diet and exercise rest and sleep um maintaining sort of decreasing anxiety those uh, and stress those are the things that can help boost immune function um starting with exercise as people freak out over not being able to go to their gym or their cycling class or their 
uh, bar class or, or yoga class, um, this is an opportunity to get outside. And everybody has an outside. Some people may feel less safe outside. And so, yes, as you're talking about exercising inside, um, if you can get outside, even if it's for a brisk walk, um, being outside boosts immune system, just being outside rather than in an enclosed space. It also helps your mental outlook and emotional outlook. Um, certainly rest and sleep are affected by diet and exercise and so and stress so so we can um we can these are all interwoven when it comes to diet which is the point of this yes the number one thing that will decrease immune function the fastest is to be very below your calorie needs and so if you are severely restricting your diet, and I don't mean by a couple of hundred calories, which is all you need to be slowly dropping weight, or if you have really had to forego um, some kind of big caloric hit that you get from your exercise and you're reducing that by half because you're exercising inside or walking outside or whatever you're doing, um, Maybe just your exercise creates your caloric deficit because it's a 300 or calorie or 400 calorie hit. And then you eat plenty and, and the deficit comes from, from your exercise. So calorie intake overall um, is absolutely essential to fueling your immune system because according to the hierarchy in your body, your immune system is not essential. And so keeping your heart beating and your lungs working, your blood flowing, those are essential. And, and primary fuel needs, immune system is secondary. And you don't want it to be secondary on the list right now and under-fueled. You want it fully fueled. So, you know, a lot of people don't put this together because it's been a very long time, but um, as someone that has, you know, 1.5 million followers on Facebook, people forget why, right? And the reason why was because I was showing that you could eat over 5,000 calories a day and still lose weight, right? Mm -hmm. Because of activity. Now, you know, I don't eat 5,000 calories a day right now because my activity is not as high as it was, right? But, um, you know, in the last couple of days, you know, uh, you know, kind of joked uh, about running, right? Because in Minnesota, the minute it becomes spring, um, everyone wants to, to run. And so I was joking that, you know, got that one run out of way. And, you know, I always make the promise that I'm going to keep running. Well, I have kept running. Um, and I do think that it's safe to be outside. And, um, you know, my wife and I went for a run yesterday. I think, I think the thing that people need to understand about running, and this is something that I didn't understand when I had just started, was that you don't start off running three to five miles. I've run each of the times three to five miles, right? I was not running the whole time. Right. You know, I was running and walking. One strategy that I've used is to... Um, walk up hills 
run downhills, right? And I think that that's a strategy that's very common. Um, Do you have hills but, in Minnesota? Yeah, nothing too too bad. <laughs> my my um, my uh, my neighborhood is actually known as a hilly neighborhood, um, but I have a route that I do. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> coming from Seattle. <laughs> yeah, the um, Susan Susan was visually doing like a worming motion, kind of kind of making fun of the hills here in Minnesota. She she's well aware of Minnesota. Her daughter went to college here, um, but but I, I think I think what your main point is. And, and I definitely want to get to the food part because I think that that's the, the part that people are going to want to know the most. But I think the main point here is that you can get to a deficit with uh, volume of work, right? I mean, look, this is that time, right? So, so I had a bad motorcycle accident roughly 12 years ago, okay? You go, wait a second. 12 years ago, wouldn't that have been the exact moment you got fit? Yes, that's the exact moment that I got fit. And that's the exact moment that Eat to Perform basically happened. Because what I said in that moment was, because we all say it, right? We'll finally get fit. We'll finally start eating right. We'll finally do all these things. And I was laid up in a chair for what basically ended up being about a year. And I was like, this is going to be that I'm, I'm going to view this as a conduit to change. Mm-hmm. Right. And I did what I could, you know, with, with various things. I wasn't near as knowledgeable as I am now, but when I got out of that chair, I mean, I wrote about this in an article that I wrote this week there. It's like, it was like the theme from Rocky, you know, I mean, every day, every day of my life, you know, from that moment on, was just more motivating than the day previously. And I'm sure that there were some days where I did not feel up to it. But when you lose a hundred pounds, right? I mean, literally, you know, now I, I definitely blew through some muscle in that instance. Um, and I was certainly under eating when I was in the chair, make no mistake about that. Um, but I was also done with under eating, right? That's, that's I think, a little bit of the message, right? So we're going to talk about specifics, but it's not just specifics. It's also volume, right? And so what you have is like this narrative, especially on the internet of people that are intermittent fasting or, or, or low carbing. This is a really bad time to be doing the most extreme of those options. Mm-hmm. And so people say to me, well, you know, I don't do the extreme version, really, because truthfully, if you look at the reason why people are interested in low carb or intermittent fasting, it's usually because it allows them to get to extreme deficits, right? So one of the advantages that we know related to low carb is that it affects hunger signaling. And that's one of the, the, the there's not as many advantages as people think. But when you're talking about hunger signaling, that then allows you to get to a calorie deficit mm-hmm. much deeper than you would normally do. Right. This is a bad time for that, right? Because now you're intentionally making yourself one of the vulnerable population. Right. And so what Susan and, 
I think what we're going to be saying here and what I'm 100% going to be saying here is why not wait 30 days? Why not use that 30 days to start running and walking and, and doing all the different things? We're putting out free um, workouts for everyone to use at home, right? We, we, oh, brilliant. Yeah. So, so every single day you can join ETP training, right? It's totally free. You do not have to join ETP Perform to be in the ETP training group. Um, you know, I know a lot of people need communities in moments like this, this, you know, uh, Stephanie, which is one of our main coaches, uh, we, we have a full body weight program that's going to go for months. Um, she, she's going to be the one she's putting out videos so that everybody knows how to do the exercises and stuff like this. So we're mobilizing in that way. But, but what I need everyone to understand is is that if you struggle getting to the gym, if you're struggling getting motivated, this is that time. This is that time that you've been waiting for. And one of the things that, that I can tell you beyond fact, right? It's a, it's a fact on a fact on a fact on a fact is that sleep will help your immune system as much as anything. I would argue that it's probably more valuable than even food and calories and, and exercise. It's just that big of a deal. And so, um, you know, think about why you're overly reliant on something like caffeine, right? Because you have to get through the day. So if you're drinking coffee at three o'clock because you're hitting that wall, take a nap, you know? Um, you know, if you're sleeping, you know, eight, nine hours a night, maybe naps aren't necessary, right? But this is that time that you've been waiting for your whole life to reset everything. This is that time to reconnect with your family. This is that time to watch that movie that you've been meaning to watch. This is that time to read that book that you've been meaning to read. This is an opportunity to reset your whole damn life, mm -hmm. right? And so, so, so please take that because that's what happened to me, right? Is I was between businesses at that time. Um, and, and, and then the motorcycle accident, it, it, it was weird because I bought the motorcycle because I was between businesses. Right. And, and I was just like, I didn't know what to do with myself, you know, and the, the accident, um, which was really brutal. I mean, you know, I, I think the fact that I'm telling you that I was laid up in a chair for a year tells you how brutal it was. But basically, I snapped my right above my ankle off. Um, and so, so, so my leg, um, it was, it was just dangling there. So it was, it was really kind of brutal. And there was a bunch of, of exercises or not exercises, but uh, surgeries in that mix um but because of pt my pt lady i remember she was this wonderful woman from from south africa she was amazing she helped me a lot um and um you know that is what ultimately encouraged me to 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 lift weights and get stronger and run and all the things that have become important to me right but don't, don't view this as the opportunity to work out three times a day, right? 
one of the things that I think is the most underused idea, because we, we're all in boot camp mode and we're all in CrossFit mode, think about why you're in CrossFit mode. Think about why you're in boot camp mode. Because you only have 15 minutes to work out during the day, right? Because you have to get to your job or you have to, if you're working from home, if you don't have an hour commute, all these things, you've earned time there, right? So when we're looking at how you build muscle, how you hold muscle, how you get bone density, you get that building and slow, not burning. We have this narrative that we're all about burning calories these days. And that is fundamentally wrong in my view. You know, I think that we need to view ourselves as building ourselves into stronger, more virile type human beings. And slow controlled body weight exercise will do more for you in moments like these, in my view. Doesn't, doesn't mean that you can't do a, Look, I, I get it, right? I CrossFit, right? So, so I'm that guy, you know, after CrossFit, laying around like sizzling bacon at the end of the workout, right? So, so I get it. You want to feel like you worked out, right? And I mean, yesterday as an example where I did, you know, pull-ups, uh, push-ups, and then planks, I didn't feel, you know, like I just killed myself, right? Um, but I ended up doing roughly a hundred pull-ups, you know, 200 push-ups, and then planks for like two minutes at a time. Well, guess what? <laughs> Even though I didn't feel like I killed myself, I certainly felt it later on. I would have felt it more acutely if I did it in 10 minutes, of course, right? But because I did it over the course of like five hours, right? So I was just trying to get in volume, um, you know, in the moment, it did not stress me out. I actually had two meals during the time that I was doing these workouts. So think of your workouts differently, right? Challenge yourself to go, what if I could think of this differently? How could I build muscle and, and things of that nature? Um, so let's get to the, to the food part, because I think that that's, um, um, so there's obviously a lot of charlatans right now that are pushing supplements as kind of the answer and, and things of that nature. There are some well-known, uh, you know, I, I talked about it a little bit with, with orange juice, um, but let's go into some of the thought processes because I, I, I would imagine that, that you're going to be favorable for whole grains. You're going to be favorable for some dairy. You're going to be favorable for these things that I wish that, the low carb community would be honest about, right? That they're taking it out because these things have calories, right? So walk us through some of that because you mentioned being outside. So vitamin D plays a role, right? And so, so supplementing, I will say um, in our last podcast, you did kind of kind of get on to me a little bit about fish oil. I have started taking my fish oil again. <laughs> I am currently out of creatine, so I'll, I'll be reordering creatine. But I've been taking vitamin D all winter on the recommendation of my, my therapist. Um, and it has made a difference. And it's also made a difference for um, my, my wife. 
so walk us through some of those things in terms of foods that could be beneficial, but also uh, also maybe some supplements that people can pick up on Amazon. So, yeah, so people hear me say this all the time. The watchword of good nutrition is variety. And it's variety in within food groups and you know and between food groups so so consuming all the food groups that you can and and eating as much variety within each food group that you can that will ensure as closely as possible that you are actually getting in the wide variety of nutrition that we know of and we have yet to discover matters for us because we don't know everything um, and we haven't identified everything in food yet. So, so just keep that in mind, variety. So Americans are notorious for eating only bananas and apples. Um, try and eat a wider variety of fruits and we're gonna get to the carbohydrates. You know, in, in our vegetables, we eat potatoes <laughs> um, and typically those are French fries. So try and, and, and maybe iceberg lettuce or a slice of tomato and a piece of lettuce on your Big Mac. So try and, and, and widen out the variety of colors of foods in your diet um, and so on. So let's start then with macronutrients and carbohydrates. Once we talk about energy, um, next is, you know, within food, energy-containing nutrition are carbohydrates. And let me tell you, there are many, many, many studies. This is not, well, is it gonna help me lose weight or is it gonna help me perform one way or the other? This is immune function and stress response, that low-carb diets increase cortisol. Cortisol, amongst, amongst several other um, factors or compounds in our body is a stress hormone. It's a stress response. Um, it's a really good, important factor when we're trying to get out of the blocks and we're running a race or something. But, but prolonged elevated cortisol, which we talk about all the time as bad for us, it is really bad when it comes to immune function because it impacts all our systems, it takes, it, it depresses immune function, it depresses us mentally as well. Um, it also breaks down protein because cortisol is telling your body fight or flight all the time, nonstop, every minute and second of the day, all day long. And so as your body thinks it's preparing for some you know, huge event that it needs to move toward, it is you. It wants to utilize protein to to um, supercharge uh, other aspects of your body to get you moving, and so you get protein breakdown from high cortisol levels, which is the second most important part of fueling the immune system, next to carbohydrate, is protein. So, okay, yeah. I need to stop you for just a second because there's something that I mention often that. Uh, it would be interesting for you to address. So cortisol um, and, and the reason, the things that suppress cortisol, um, one, carbohydrates kind of act as, or not carbohydrates specifically, but insulin 
acts as sort of an antagonist or when insulin is more present, cortisol is less present. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you could speak to that, uh, that would be good. Um, Also, when we're talking about cortisol, and I think that this this might be helpful. I, I don't know if this would be something that, you know, once again, why are, why are people on low carb low carb diets? They're on low carb diets to eat less, right? Let's quit pretending that they could be eating normal, right? Um, I, I don't hear of many bulking, you know. I mean, I'm not trying to be disrespectful of anybody. I was 149 pounds as a male, but all the guys that that I see that are saying that you can build muscle, they all end up being like these guys that are 160 pounds, and it's right. like you don't seem like you have that much muscle, dude, you know? Um, and so talk a little bit about the carbohydrate, um, the insulin acting as an antagonist to cortisol, because I feel like that's the part and the connection that a lot of people don't make. And from the scientific community, this is sort of well-known from the regular person. They're not, they're like, why am I only sleeping five hours a night? So we have, um, you know, our body work operates in two places, um, and you do this really well with Eat to Perform. We have the tissue building or anabolic growth mode, and we have catabolic or tearing down mode. Diets that are highly restrictive operate in the tearing down, really tearing down catabolic mode, where you're just, all your systems are are underfueled and 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 your body is shrinking to survive it's not catabolic where you're building to gain and and get stronger and then become leaner by a very slight deficit so that your systems are really building up and as an outcome of building up you you if you need to burn fat you will right i mean it's kind of the outcome of the anabolic growth of your body where, you, where you're building tissue, you're building energy utilization, you meaning you're burning more calories doing all the same stuff you were doing before. And, and you're, you've, you have all your systems highly online, so even your basal burning is higher because all your systems are running at full tilt. Whereas when you are deep into tissue teardown or catabolism, you have, you are shutting down your systems. You are working at minimum capacity. So even your basal needs, just sitting on a couch, are lower than they would be with the person who is in, in more anabolic mode. This is the explanation of why insulin, which is an anabolic hormone, a tissue-building hormone, you don't build muscle, really build muscle, without insulin around, and don't kid yourself, people on low-carb, very high-protein diets are making insulin, and they are spiking insulin with those high-protein diets because when they need carbohydrate to do their exercise, their body takes protein and turns it into carbohydrate. So you do have insulin available, and that's why a true ketogenic diet is not a high-protein diet. You won't be in ketosis. People who are on very low-carb diets are much more likely to be catabolic. Now, if they are eating a ketogenic diet that is high in calories, they're eating enough calories, they they won't be 
building, but they also won't necessarily be totally catabolic, but they will, because they are not um, secreting much insulin, have higher cortisol levels. And cortisol is part of that high stress um, response system, uh, part of, of catabolism, part of responding to the body is breaking down. I need to ramp up um, survival systems. It's a survival mode, not very initially in very in short amounts, but over long periods of time, it's a survival mode that your body is going into. And that is part of um, the body tearing itself down to survive. And, and so those are, that's the sort of juxtaposition of how they work. When you have insulin around, you're telling your body, I have calories coming in, I have necessary carbohydrate coming in to fuel my immune system. Carbohydrates are, are required for fueling our white blood cells, leukocytes. Um, we know that after an, an intense race, that people's white blood cell count drops because their carbohydrate availability has been used up. And if they don't take in carbohydrate after that race, we know, and, and after any hard workout, we know we have a window of immune suppression after that hard workout when we are, have a higher likelihood of getting sick, especially upper respiratory infections, which is what the coronavirus is. So, so taking out carbohydrate from your diet right now is the opposite of what you should be doing. I am not saying eat cakes and cookies and candy. I am saying eat really good whole grains, fruits and vegetables, beans, and, and, and getting in the wide array of nutrition that you get from those foods. No, no short order is the fiber and the anti-inflammatory compounds and the B vitamins and magnesium. And the, when we're talking about fruits and vegetables, vitamin C, the anti-inflammatory compounds, because the less inflammation you have going on in your body right now, and people who are on very low carbohydrate diets have high levels of inflammation going on in their gut. These are well-documented research studies. When you have low fiber intake, you have high inflammation in your gut. You, have high, you may have high inflammation in other places in your body. You have a low intake of anti-inflammatory, antioxidants, all of the vitamins and minerals that come in from the plant kingdom that you're not really eating very much of when you're on a very low carb diet. That combination makes your immune system focus on the inflammation in your body and it isn't, not only is it suppressed to begin with, but even the part that's available is not fully available to fight the onslaught coming in from the outside. You are creating too much work on the inside all by yourself. So there, there is a condition where, um, I, I, you know, it might seem like we're picking on low-carb diets here. I'm also going to pick on really hypo caloric diets mm -hmm. also, right? So, so just to summarize really quickly, right? When calories are adequate, 
and insulin is available, cortisol and, and to a certain extent sleep is going to be better. It's going to be benefited because chronic levels of cortisol. So if you wake up at three o'clock in the morning, you know, this was sort of, and I don't want to get into like this big distracting thing, but this is why that advice from Bob Green and Oprah so many years ago, you know, kind of hurt so many people because going to bed hungry when you're under eating, you're just going to wake up at two o'clock in the morning and you're not going to be able to get back to sleep. And so if you're low carb and you wake up at two o'clock in the morning, ding, 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 right? That, that at the end of the day, you know, if you had some insulin present, once again, we're not talking about, you know, cakes and cookies and things of this nature. If you can fit something like that in occasionally, that's fine. We're talking about mostly whole foods in good amounts, right? Part of the, see, this is, this is why I wanted to talk about the, the hypocaloric, meaning drastically low, right? And I, I think I always kind of confuse Susan. We, we, I think we've come to a good place with this, but my criticism of just real food diets, right, is that people use them to manipulate their hunger signaling and they end up in these really super big deficits as a result, even if it's flexible, even if you're adding in, you know, fruits and vegetables and things of this nature. I mean, look, let's be real here. If you're eating the right fruits and vegetables, um, and then mostly protein, that's not a lot of calories, right? And insulin is not going to get super high in that instance. Right. And so even though it might seem like we're picking on low-carb diets, what we're saying, especially because there's no difference between low-carb and intermittent fasting in this respect, right? And so if you're on these really extreme three-day fasts and seven-day fasts and, and things of this nature, bad time, right? And I'm not saying that, you know, um, that, well, I don't believe that those things have a place. I think ultimately it just can lead to a really disordered way of thinking about food. But there's these diets out there that proclaim themselves to be science-based, Right. I really have not seen any other program that does it the way that, that we do, other than you. Obviously, that's how we met, right? Is that, and in fact, you know, Susan is to the other extreme as it relates to me. You can actually eat a bit of a deficit with either reform. We can actually walk you through, but then we walk you through phases where that normalize your food. Susan doesn't even play that game, right? She is just working with performance. She's just working with mostly high level athletes. I mean, that would be an interesting conversation, but this has already gone long. Um, but I'm just telling you that it, you know, we had an example that came into our sales channel the other day. She was, she was um, from the science people, right? So 145 grams of protein, 45 fat, 45 carbs, right? Right now, and she was on that for six months, mm -hmm. right? And, and she was having problems and her hair was coming out in clumps and things of this nature. You don't get to say that you're pro-science in that instance, right? Mm -hmm. If you've built a system that is hands-off, 
what you have to do is then build in the mechanisms that allow people and you know i remember one time i was talking with one of these science-based people and and we were on a panel and someone in the crowd asked us you know what we thought about you know eating disorders and i said well i take eating disorders very seriously um and and we have a a network of referrals that we'll use in that instance, but certainly in terms of eating form, um, we're not addressing, you know, eating disorders. It's just a, a different thing. The other person, the science-based person said, that's not something I need to concern myself with. Well, <laughs> I mean, that to me is, is means that you're willing to hurt people long-term and that you feel a distance related to your responsibility in that and to me from a health and fitness standpoint that is is not good and that's the problem you run into when you buy a piece of paper when you buy one of these you know supposedly ai systems here's some good news here's some some interesting news about your ai system if your ai system was an actual machine learning system if it saw you um, constantly low, it would bring your food back to normal. That's what a machine would do, right? Mm -hmm. But the machine has to be told to do that, right? We have an algorithm in place with the Need Perform. Need Perform members know that it's it's called Emma. Um, I can't remember the exact acronym for for what Emma is, but we everyone's got T-shirts. Emma feeds me and keeps me strong, <laughs> right? And and and. I just feel like, you know, when we're looking at these extremely, you know, hypocaloric diets, you know, there's really no difference because when you, when, like Susan's saying, when calories are higher and insulin is present, cortisol is naturally lower, right? That's why I say that that's an antagonist. Susan is shaking her head. I'm trying to summarize what she said in kind of this longer way by, of course, saying it longer. Um, but but what, what I'm saying here is that if you're looking at the scenario where I just described, 145 grams of protein, 45 grams of fat, 45 grams of carbohydrates, these are not levels of carbohydrates and, and fats that are going to allow you to get to that hypercaloric place that will push cortisol down, right? And so if you're on a diet right now and you're sleeping five hours, we just explained to you why, right? And it's very important that you understand in moments like these that stop looking at things in 30-day increments. Stop looking at things in three-month challenges, right? Start thinking of it as a lifetime of who you're going to be and how you're going to sustain that over time. And ultimately, think about the things that you enjoy, the things that, you know, I mean, did I enjoy the pull-ups and the push-ups and, you know, the, the planks? I probably didn't enjoy them, right? It wasn't a joyful experience. But certainly there was joy in the fact that I could do 100 pull-ups, right? These are 100 strict pull-ups, you know, where I go all the way down at the bottom. I count for two seconds and go back up. Right. So so you have to kind of realize that that 
you know, when you can factor in, like, I didn't love the runs that I've been doing with myself and my wife, but I love being with my wife. I love being outside. And it was also not this huge burden, right? I think that, that this is an opportunity for everyone listening to this podcast right now to go, I can change my outlook right now in this moment to be more building, more, you know, who I'm going to be, right? And, and start to think of, like, I'm going to build this foundation of life where I'm eating a high variety of food in good amounts, read new power, power eating, it will change your life, it will show you foods that, 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 that um, you can add that essentially you've taken out be, because of calories, right? And when we look at, you know, some of this Susie can speak on a lot better than I can speak on, but, but, you know, when she's talking about gut flora and things of this nature, a lot of those foods you took out were favorable for gut flora, right? And so, you know, I have always felt that a lot of the people that think that they have a dairy issue, you know, like for instance, um, I've always believed that I have a dairy issue, right? Um, and in the, the testing that I've gotten, it's told me, you know, I have a dairy issue. Well, it's not completely wrong, but it's also not completely true, right? I respond poorly to some dairies, right? And then I, um, like, for instance, whole fat Greek yogurt, nothing, no issues at all. Mm -hmm. So different dairies and doses matter. And I'm not arguing, you know, you can not eat dairy if you want to, but I'm saying to you that if you've just eliminated all calories, right. Um, because they're starches or because they're, you know, all, all carbohydrates turn to sugar. That is a very limiting message where someone is trying to manipulate you because you don't have an understanding Right. That that maybe they don't even have an understanding, right? But when we're talking well, about sugar, you because what I say is, well, you know, why eat it all? Right. I mean, that's the best way to lose weight. Just stop eating altogether. That's, well, that's the it's that's the, the intermittent fasting people. It's right. <laughs> it's the same science, quote unquote, pseudoscience. That that I mean, I they're saying cut out these whole food groups and you're going to lose weight. I said, well, then why, then let's just cut out food altogether. Then you'll really lose weight. And everyone looks at me like, are you crazy? And I think the same when they say, just cut out all your grains and all your dairy and, and all your carbs. I look at you like, are you crazy? Like what, what planet are you from that you think that that's a good strategy it's no different to me. I hear, just stop eating. Well, and tell me your end game, right? So, so, you know, when we're looking at reducing calories, you know, there's an argument for doing it for a short, short period of time. But the current argument out there related to low carb and, and really even like hypocaloric, science-based, flexible eating, right? I don't hear anyone saying, that you have to go in cycles, that you have to get out of that. Eat to form system is built, it's built in. You can literally go, when you sign up, 
people will send you an infographic. This is what's going to happen to you the first six weeks. Then calories are going to normalize. Then the next six weeks. Then calories go all the way back to normal for up to three months, right? These are, this is built in. This is something, you know, if you even go to Weight Watchers, right? People are well aware that Weight Watchers does talk about maintenance, right? Is there business model based around maintenance, right? Is the business model of SlimFast based around maintenance? No. And, and the reason is, is because none of them believe that they can charge you for that. Right. If they did, and they should be able to, we found a way. Now, I'm not going to say that we're like, you know, Weight Watchers doesn't even know we exist, right? But you do because we have 1.5 million followers. Weight Watchers only has 2.5 million followers, and they've been around since the 60s, mm-hmm. right? So our message is being heard by people, the message mm-hmm. that we're ultimately getting out with Susan and things of this nature. But when you look at what we're talking about, of, of glucose and sugar. Don't pretend that your body can't figure out how to make sugar, right? Your body needs sugar for your brain, right? Your body needs sugar for your organ health and things of this nature. So it has a mechanism in place. And then you go, well, if my body's got a mechanism in place, then why isn't that fine? Well, there is a certain amount of stress involved in how that gets done, right? And so if we're, if we're looking for the most optimal way of doing things, why wouldn't we keep that in? Look, at the end of the day, this is the most important thing as it relates to what we're talking about right now, right? Is a diet and an extreme deficit. I'm not talking about like, like what Susan and I do through Eat to Perform, right? Well, Susan does on her own. I do through Eat to Perform. I'm not talking about these, these deficits that allow you to, to, to reach some goals. I'm talking about the, the just insane ideas that are so extreme and you can't sleep and you're miserable all the time and things of this nature. Stop doing that. Real bad time for that, right? Well, and because it suppresses your immune system. And so at least find the goal... And I said, you know, you know, it's a, probably not a good joke, but there's the, you know, there's the, the, the joke about the psychology study with, with a dozen kids, little kids, and, and every kid gets put into, you know, they open a door and, and they get put into a room and, and it's full of, of um, horse manure and, and there's a shovel. And the kid, every kid starts crying. They just get in that room and they just start crying. And then finally one kid goes into that room and takes the shovel and starts digging and is digging and digging and the kid is so happy and is digging and digging and the psychologists come in and they say what like what is it what are you so happy about and he goes oh my god if there's this much horse manure there's got to be a pony under here somewhere and so and so that this is that time right this is the time to say okay I need to shift my priority to my body's full health. And so full health means looking at what are the things that I can do to promote really strong immune function. That's my virtual body armor. It's not so, I mean, it's virtual like you can't see it. 
but it is seriously there. It's not make-believe. It's not in the vapor somewhere. It's really honestly there and we can measure it. And we know that people who don't exercise and the people who don't fuel themselves well and the people who don't sleep well, um, they have suppressed immune function. And so doing the things, you know, eating well, fueling your exercise, making sure that you are exercising, having a wide variety of foods, getting in foods from all the food groups so that you get in all of the carbs, the protein, the healthy fat, the vitamins, the minerals, the phytochemicals, the antioxidants, the anti-inflammatories, the fibers, and all of the compounds that we have yet to identify that work together in concert with each other to help your body build itself up, along with, in no small part, staying well hydrated, because the hydration helps every cell stay intact and strong, so nothing can seep in, even on your hands, you know, really dry hands, really dry skin, you can have an opening for that virus to enter if you're touching something. So you might get it if you got it on your hands and you touch your face, but if you weren't touching your face and you're really dehydrated, it may be able to penetrate your skin. And so really low carbohydrate diets and high protein diets cause dehydration naturally. And so staying really well hydrated on, and, and avoiding foods that, that push hard on the immune system, highly refined foods, um, snack foods, high sugar foods, highly processed and ultra processed foods that use those kinds of um, unhealthy fats as well. All of that will, will change your body from immune suppressed to boosted with immune function and you can be strong and you can and and you will see that you feel better mentally and physically you sleep better you're more inclined to say i'm going to get off the couch and, and i am going to go out for a walk you are going to be stronger your body will feel better and you will have used this moment in time as you said for a total attitude adjustment and physical adjustment that may carry you through the rest of your life, and that's resilience. And it's resilience. And it'll, cre it'll, create, the, it'll create this foundation right. Right, that will serve you well. Remember that I was eating 5,000 calories right, the whole time as I was losing you know, 100 pounds. And you go, well, clearly you were working out a lot. Yes, that is that is part of the issue if you it i've said this many times if you were to ask me what i would do different that would be it right because ultimately i lost most of my weight um in the first year and it took two years right to to get to nine percent body fat and because it, it, i'm like all other people right it's like well if i've gone this far i might as well go the rest of the way and what you don't realize is that 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 last so when i went from from 21 to 9 that was the hardest by far the eating 5000 calories and working out bed and stuff like that that was the easiest i was sleeping great right my life foundations in my life had, had changed but you have time now Right. We're going to we're going to all be at home more. We're going to all be doing these things. What, what, what I am scared 
for a lot of people is that what's going to end up happening is that we're just going to default to ordering dominoes, right? Mm -hmm. We're not going to exercise. We're not going to get, you know, so, so let's walk through a few things because we're, we, this is already <laughs> way too long. Um, yeah. And, and so um, vitamin D, right? So if you can get outside, get skin exposure, right? Well, for this if, time of year, um, anyone in the northern tier of the United States, the sun is not at the right angle for vitamin D to manufacturing in the body. So take your vitamin D supplements. Right. And vitamin D is fat soluble. So try and eat that with food. Um, and and eat fatty fish and drink milk that is fortified with vitamin D. Yeah. The um, vitamin C is helpful. Um, so certainly having fruit, you can get that easily through fruit. You don't have to. Vegetables. You know, anything you don't necessarily. rapidly growing. That's why. Vitamin C is high in anything that, hit, that rapidly grows. And that's why fruits and vegetables are high in vitamin C. When you look at one strategy that, that I used to use with my family, uh, before we were making meals, we would put out fruits and vegetables. Um, and so people are naturally already hungry. And so they already snack on, um, right. you know, the, the foods that, that are laid out. Um, the other one that, that I use, uh, you know, I, I feel horrible that I'm constantly promoting this um, because I don't particularly love GNC, um, but I use their ZMA blend um, and I just get it off of Amazon. To me, there is some sleep agent help in there. Um, I've just found that that works for me, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, you can certainly try it without, um, and, but, but zinc and magnesium are helpful in this, in this situation for, um, for that. We do have a, a coronavirus article that we're going to continue updating. We're going to put this podcast in there. Um, I did link out to examine.com. If you're not familiar with examine.com, they're an unbiased review of supplements. I attached their coronavirus um, and, and the, the, the vitamins that you can get from fruits and vegetables, um, their recommendations, pretty much what I just said. And so uh, just something to keep in mind because I know that there's a lot of you are, are getting bombarded by these messages of, of things that you should be taking that for the most part are not going to be super valuable. All right, we'll end there. Um, but I think the big takeaway from this podcast is gonna be finally an explanation of the antagonist relationship between insulin and cortisol, which is really, really huge right now. I can't explain to you enough how important sleep is. Uh, insulin, so just keep caffeine lower. Yes. Keep so insulin, a lower. insulin, when I say anabolic and tissue building, insulin's job is to move things into the cells, right? Is, is feeding and fueling, moving things into the cells. Cortisol's job is moving things out of the cells, pulling, pulling out um, and, and taking, insulin is about, is about fueling and, and cortisol is about pulling, pulling out, you know, taking out all the stores, 
even if it's not storage, right? right? right. Tearing well, down the reason protein, tearing down, uh, and that's why um, when there's no insulin, it's going to start to pull protein. Remember I said that people on high protein, low carb diets turn their protein into carbohydrate? Well, so when you have really low carb, your, the cortisol's job is to pull protein out of your tissue so we can turn it into carbohydrate. Right. I mean, it's really important to understand the function of these compounds and, and they're to keep you alive, um, but it's dysfunctional to have lots of high carb around. I mean, lots of high cortisol around because it actually wasn't original, like its main purpose was for short, very short-term stress, not going on and on and on, never stopping. And very low carb is considered a high stress environment for your body. Which is another argument that, that bone density and, and muscle building and things of this nature get compromised in those scenarios, right? right. And right. I do know part I, of what we call the female athlete triad, right? Yes, and I do know I do know that that for some people, right? And here I'm gonna throw you a little bit of a bone here, low carb folks. I do know that for some people, it is helpful in short bursts, right? Mm -hmm. And you just need to understand that not only do you need to normalize calories eventually, but you have to normalize the foods that you took away, right? You need to bring those back. And, and the argument of why they don't bring it back, Susan, because you don't, you don't hear this message in massive volume the way that I do, is because they don't want their weight gain to come back. Well, if you're using something to lose a lot of weight, let's say 20 pounds, and you start to normalize calories and you bring back you know, some carbohydrates and you gain five pounds as a result, that's a good trade, right? We need and to quit. Now your we body need... is, is hydrated. Right, right. And it's going to be that high. Put out five pounds of fluid in all the cells in your body. Now, they're, now they can really function at a high metabolic level. Well, one, one of the things, you know, speaking to hydration, we'll end on this note, is now these low-carb places are... are, are are recommending to hyperdose salt, right? Just to remotely keep, you know, the water in your body that it's being drained out unnecessarily, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so that that to me is is really kind of missing the point when you could strategically add carbohydrates um, in moderate amounts, right? Every you know, whenever you hear there's there's always these silly arguments that you know, well. We're a high-carb diet compared to a low-carb diet. No, you're low-carb diet. We're maybe moderate carbs, right? We're not necessarily talking about extreme carbohydrates. We're also not talking about sugars. We're not talking about cupcakes. We're not talking about – we're talking about things that add to your system. Sweet potato, vegetables, right? You know, uh, higher caloric foods like like whole grains that, that you're talking about in terms of – gut flora and the benefits and, and things of this nature. And when, when people start to hear, wow, I can eat that and still lose weight or build muscle so that I could then set up a fat loss period, it's freeing, right? Because, because you're being sold kind of a bill of goods along the way. And so, you know, this is just not the time for these really super extremes. And so 
Um, Susan's giving me the, I, I gotta go, it's a Saturday, so I appreciate you being here. I think people are gonna really appreciate this one and uh, we'll talk to you later. Have a great weekend.